Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh. I'm Becky. And I'm Scott. And we're really excited to welcome our special guest with us today. His name is Eric Aroka. He is an author, speaker, and corporate trainer. Yeah. And we're very fortunate to have you with us and excited for our audience to hear your story and get to know you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor. I'm a big fan of, of Life in 22 Minutes, so this is awesome. Well, good, good, because this is all about 22s here. So if you're not a fan of 22 or 2s <laughs> or anything like that, you got to learn. Well, Eric, let's just dive in because we only have 22 minutes yeah. and it's going to be tough to, to cram everything in that we'd like to share. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm uh, originally from Chile. I was born in Santiago and moved to the United States at the age of nine in 1977. You moved here at a young age. Yeah. Uh, do you speak Spanish? I do, um, fluently. Now, it's funny that I can speak it, but when I was nine, I couldn't read it. So I just had a hard time reading, reading Sp in Spanish. And so when I moved to the States, I had a major problem because not only did I have to learn another language, but then I couldn't read in two languages. And so I don't know if you remember, we're probably close to the same age, but back in those days... If you, if you were struggling in school, there was no testing done. You didn't go to a specialist to see if you had a learning disability, right? You just got labeled stupid. Right. And that, so that, that, that was my label. Yeah, yeah. That, that was mine too. <laughs> see, we have something in common. So, so I kind of grew up with that, you know, with that label. Um, you get called that enough, enough times, you just start to believe it. And it was ingrained in my mind that I was stupid. Um, and it wasn't probably until sixth grade that Mrs. Chapman got me involved in reading. In fact, she would read out loud to the class. She started reading The Outsiders. You remember? The oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So now that's not a good book to read to sixth grade kids because immediately the class was divided into socius and, you know, the, the other group, right? Right, right, yeah. And, uh, and so every recess was just a huge fight, right? Um, but it, the characters came alive every time she read, and it was like a movie in my, in my mind. I was in charge of the colors. I was in charge of what the characters looked like and, and things like that. And I just, it just kind of sparked inside of me that I wanted to learn how to read. I was probably reading at that time at a third grade level in sixth grade, if not, if that. Zero comprehension. But she got me started reading comic books. So I started reading Spider-Man and Captain America and the Green Lantern and all the things that are turned into movies today, right? Right. So that's how I started reading and... And my comprehension started to get a little bit better. But by the time I was in high school, I was only reading at a fourth, fifth grade level. And so two days before graduation, counselor called me into the office and said, I'm sorry, but you are a quarter credit short. You will not be walking. You will not be graduating. And I still remember that look of disappointment on my father's face. Oh, wow. And I just thought, ah, oh, that just killed me. And, uh. So I didn't graduate high school till I was, you know, the ripe old age of 25. Really? You're, yeah. you're a quarter Credit short. short, and you waited till you were twenty-five to, yeah. to finish it off. Did yeah. you get your GED, or did you do a, or did you go back and finish that? No, actually, it's kind of by accident. So I was working at a local company, and they asked for volunteers to take a, uh, a first responders course. 
Um, and I raised my hand. I went, did the training. I became a first responder for the company. And then within a few weeks after completing the class, somebody from HR called me in and I thought, oh, that's never good, right? To get called into HR. <laughs> but I got called in and he said, hey, I, I see that you don't have a high school diploma. And I, and I said, yeah, that's correct. And he said, well, you know what? The course that you took actually gives you the, the credits that you need to graduate. So that's how I ended up graduating. Wow. It was kind of by, by wow. accident. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then how did that make you feel to know that you had accomplished that? Oh, well, I can't say, to be honest with you, that it made me feel really good because I just I got lucky, right? Yeah. So I was just like, okay, cool, I'll take it. Um, but then I got married, um, and I was really starting to think about how am I going to support my, my wife? How am I going to support my family in the future? Um, because that job certainly wasn't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. So I enrolled in college, flunked out of school, because remember, I still had the label of stupid, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and um, so eventually, um, after flunking out, I went and attended a new school, which was kind of, they taught in a different way, and that's University mm-hmm. of Phoenix. I only had to go to school once once a week for four hours, mm-hmm. and, you know, you had to write a lot of papers, and you had to do a lot of presentations, which was right up my alley. So I thought, yeah. I can do this. And so I, I was on the 10-year plan, right? I'm an <laughs> overachiever. Uh, so I, I actually graduated in seven and a half years and, um, and ended up with a bachelor's degree. And then I was going to take like two years off and just wait to go back to school. Um, but then I thought, why wait? So I enrolled right back into University of Phoenix and ended up with a master's degree a year and a half later. So that's kind of how that whole thing came about. But I learned that I wasn't stupid when I was about uh, probably in my mid-30s when I had my son. He was going to school and he was really struggling. And, you know, times had changed. So we were taking him to specialists and figuring things out. And I was filling out all the questionnaires for him with, for dyslexia. And every time mm-hmm. I checked off yes for him, I checked off yes in my mind for me. Okay, right? Yeah. Wow. And so I told the doctor, I said, hey, you know, I've answered yes to all these questions. And he mm-hmm. said, well, congratulations. You mm-hmm. have dyslexia. And, I was mm-hmm. like, and that was the one moment in my life where I finally felt free of, wow. of any negative labels in my life. Right. And I just thought, wow, I'm not stupid. This is fantastic. It was like the most freeing day of my life. It was like if you would have put somebody in, a, you know, lock them up in a room somewhere and wait a few years and let them out. That's the sensation <laughs> that's I had. felt. Yeah. Wow. So it was just an incredible, incredible thing. And then after that, I just thought, wow, I can do anything. Right. And I started reading. I probably read about 50 books a year now. And uh, so I've just loved it. It's just been one of those fantastic blessings in my life. That one moment completely changed your perspective and your outlook and your your belief in yourself. Yeah, completely, completely. Okay, just because you were diagnosed with dyslexia doesn't mean that you overcame dyslexia. It just means you now understood why you saw words differently. Yeah, that's a a great point, uh, Scott, because I still have dyslexia. I can tell you a funny story, but I'll, I'll tell you. The thing that I did, I started following four core principles in my life. The number one thing I started doing was dreaming more. In other words, I started visualizing what I could do. I started visualizing myself reading actual books. No more comic books or things like that. Because when I went to school and college, I actually never picked up a textbook. I just winged it. How I ended up with a 3.5 GPA, I have no idea. Because the whole time I winged it, right? right? So I started visualizing myself actually reading. And then I started learning more. So that was the second principle was to learn more. And so I learned about dyslexia. I learned how to overcome it. I learned the, the tips and tricks and things like that, survival skills, right, on how to overcome that. And then I started doing more. 
And, and by doing more, I don't mean putting more things on my plate, but I mean actually doing things that were going to help me to be successful in whatever I was doing. So if it was reading, I needed to do more activities that involved reading, right? So I would read the paper. I would um, read uh, a pamphlet. I would read a book. I would read. Um, and so I was just doing more of it. Uh, and the more I did it, the more I found that I, the more success I found, right, as, as I read more. And then the fourth principle was just to become more. And it's kind of if, you, if you're visualizing more or dreaming more, you're learning more and you're doing more. The fourth principle kind of takes care of itself. You automatically become more. I mean, I never thought when I was younger that I would be at this level in my life of the books that I'm reading now. Right. I just barely finished reading Moby Dick again. And, you know, I don't know if you've read it or not, but it's not the easiest read. Right. Uh, it's a great story. I haven't, I haven't read it. No, <laughs> it's a wonderful story, but not the easiest read. Um, and so I'm reading at that level. Um, and it's just been one of those things that is just fantastic in my life. But to tell you that story about dyslexia. So I was coming out of the Seattle airport and I was in my rental car and I was trying to put the address in my GPS on my phone. And I was at a red light. And right in front of me, there was a huge bus and there was a big sign on the bus and it had a picture of a, of a elderly lady with gray hairs with a beautiful smile. And right next to her, it said, it had the words, I am a moron. And I just thought, what in the world? Does this lady not have any family? Does she not have grandkids or kids that said, grandma or mom, no. this is not a good idea. All the fame and fortune is not worth this ad, right? And, and I just thought, well, that's a weird, really weird ad. And so I just kept paying attention to my phone. And then I looked up again and I, re I read the same thing. I am a moron. But this time I noticed that further down on the, on the poster, there was a, a, a picture of a, of a young boy, like at a skate park with a skateboard. And I thought, okay, maybe, you know, I can see maybe a, 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 a little bit more of a correlation, right? People some, sometimes think that skaters are morons or kids or whatever. <laughs> so I thought, okay, but it still really didn't make sense. And the last picture on the, on the poster was of a young lady, like a teenage girl playing tennis. And, and then again, I kept thinking, how is she a moron, right? And so I thought, okay, Eric, focus. Now, this all happened in about two minutes, right? Because I'm at a right. red light. Mm -hmm. right. And so I look up again, and I thought, okay, Eric, you really need to focus, focus. And so when I opened my eyes and I read the words again, it read, I am a Mormon, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'll let you decide if they're morons some, or not. Some you people know? might be thinking exactly. Mormon, moron, the same. Okay, he, he no. got it right the first time. Yeah, exactly. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. That that's funny. funny. And since we're Mormon, we can laugh at ourselves. That was funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I only know one dyslexic joke, and you probably won't think it's that funny. But, uh, you know, it's, did you hear about the dyslexic agnostic? No. He wondered if there really was a dog. <laughs> so anyway, probably not that funny. But yeah, to, to suffer with something where you see words backwards and to, and to miss letters and, and things like that. Or just, wow. And to overcome that, and now you have a master's degree and you read 50 books a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been an incredible thing. So, so many of us, including me especially, when we're not good at something, we run from it and we hide from it. And we, we don't meet it head on. But because you have met this head on, the, the thing that you struggled with the, the most is now one of your greatest attributes. Yeah. That you've gained your knowledge because you met your 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 demon or your Goliath or whatever mm -hmm. straight head on and said, okay, I'm still going to force myself through this. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. And now you're an author speaker. Yeah. How did that come that? about? I can't even believe it. Well, you know, three years ago, I quit my job. I had an incredible medical uh, jo uh, job in medical device sales, uh, making really good money, but I just wasn't happy anymore. Um, I'd done sales my entire life and I was just burnt out and, and wanted to do something different. And um, when I say I, I quit my job, I mean I got fired mm -hmm. <laughs> because my focus just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I decided that it wasn't for me anymore. And, and they kind of did me a favor by, by letting me go, um, which I thank them to this day that they did that. So I joined a Toastmasters group about three and a half years ago. And the weird thing that started happening was... I don't know how if you know how Toastmasters works. Yeah, but explain to our audience what yeah, so they Toastmasters have this, is. Uh, they have a kind of a two-way agenda, right? That where you can work on leadership or your um, public speaking. And so every week you go to their meetings and and you um, they have a set number of speeches that you give and and you prepare them, you give them, and then they they give you um, some feedback on what you did well, what you could improve on. But they also vote on the best speaker, right? For that for that day. And so the first day I went, I gave my, my speech, and I was voted best speaker. And everybody would come up to me after the meeting and say, oh, Eric, you did so well. That was fantastic. And my, my thought was, oh, you're so sweet. You know, Thank you so much. You're so kind. You voted the new guy in, right? That, that was really nice of you to do. Okay, I'll keep coming. And then the second time, I won again. And it was the same. I kind of had the same attitude. And then the third time, the same thing. And then something happened with the fifth time I won. So I was five for five, right? And at the fifth time, I started to realize that, oh my heck, maybe I have a skill or a talent in, in public speaking that I didn't really know I had before. And so I really started listening to what people were saying to me, right? Now the feedback became even more important. And eventually I went 22 for 22 speeches. Serious? Wow. Two. Wow. We didn't even know that when we invited you on our show. <laughs> wow. So it was really, really cool. And, uh, and so from that point on, I just decided, I know what I'm going to do. And, and that was to become a public speaker, although I had no idea what that really meant. There you go, because we've gotten to know you through the uh, Mountain West chapter of the National Speakers Association. Yeah, yeah. And, and our listeners, if look up your National Speakers Association and look up your local chapter and get involved if you'd like to do something like that. Yeah, it's a wonderful group. So you have a book. I do. Tell us about your book. So it's basically, it's called uh, um, Live the Life You Have Always Imagined. And the first part of the book, I talk about core principles that we should all live all the time, right? Like one of them is gratitude, right? We should be, we should have gratitude in our hearts, right? For this great country we have to live in, for the freedoms that we enjoy, um, for our jobs, for our families, the relationships that we have. We, should, we have so many things that we can be grateful for. Um, but not just be grateful for them, but actually show gratitude towards someone else, right? And so a few years ago, I challenged my girls to write a letter of gratitude to someone. And it was really interesting, the people that they chose, because it would be really easy for them to just choose mom and dad, right? Because who's done more for them than, than us? At least that's, my, that's what I'm going with. And, uh, <laughs> um, and one of my daughters chose her sixth grade teacher. And the letter she wrote to him was just amazing. Um, the confidence that he gave her and just the things that he taught her. Um, she was so appreciative of those things. And mind you, she, read, she uh, wrote this letter when she was 14 years old. So she, she really had to think about who she was grateful for. So that's one of the principles. The other one is to be unplugged, right? We, we are surrounded with devices. We 
carry our devices everywhere we go. We're constantly connected to our phones. And it's just to enjoy life and put the phone down. And you'd be amazed. I do quite a bit of traveling, so I'm always at the airport. And I'm amazed at the really neat people I get to meet whenever I travel simply because my phone is in my pocket, right? And the conversations that I've had with people and, and the friendships that I've built over the years simply because I'm unplugged. I, I make sure that there is time in my day that I am not on my phone uh, for any reason. And so that, that really helps cultivate um, those relationships with others. So that's the first part of the book. And then the second part of the book is, is basically if you're living those, those, uh, those core principles uh, in that first section of the book, then now you are actually ready to live the four core principles that are in section two of the book. And that's what we've already talked about, right? Dreaming more, actually visualizing more, right? Visualize yourself doing that that you want to conquer, right? That you want to accomplish. I, I always think of the Wright brothers. They were not geniuses, regardless of what we were taught in school. They weren't not great at math equations, right? Math was not their strong point. But they had, they visualized it. They, they saw it. They saw themselves flying and, and what that looked like to them. And so they could do it. Uh, and then learning more. Um, to take the opportunity to learn as much as you can about anything that you want to learn more about. I, I learned about dyslexia. I probably know more about dyslexia than anybody, right? Because I really took the time to learn all I could about it. To become a speaker, I really had to learn about what it takes to become a speaker or an author. I had no idea how to write a book or what I was doing. So I really had to learn from others, you know, to learn about what that what that would entail and, and what that would need to look like for me to be able to write a book. And then just doing more. Um, and by doing more, like I said before, I don't mean by, I don't mean be so busy that you don't have time for anything. I mean, just do more of the things that are going to help you to be successful, right? We all have strengths and weaknesses. Don't focus on the weaknesses. Focus on the strengths because that's what makes us successful, right? And so by doing more to become a speaker, I actually had to get out and do those activities that were going to help me to become a speaker. I had to go out and get the gigs. I had to practice my craft. I had to write speeches. I had to practice delivering my speeches. So that's what I mean by doing more. And then if you do those three things, you just get to become more. And I never thought in a million years that I would be in the position that I'm in today, that I would get to share my story with others to help them along the way and help them to conquer their fears or their demons, right? Or or whatever obstacles they have to overcome in their lives. So it's been a huge blessing. And it's, it's been a lot of fun to have the book because, uh, you know, I've gotten a kick out of, you know, teenage kids coming up to me and saying that they've read the book and, and how much it's helped them to, to, grown, to grown adults that have said the same thing. Wow, that's great. It sounds like a book that everyone in every age would benefit from. How can our listeners grab a hold, grab your book? Yeah, so the best way to get it is just go to Amazon.com. And you can either find, you can either search Eric Aroca, and that's A R O C A, or you can just uh, look it up by "Live the Life You Have Always Imagined." That's fantastic, and and I'm sitting here listening to you, and, and a couple of things have come to thought. The one is uh, getting unplugged. The other day, I went to vote. It was seven in the morning, right as the polls opened. Well, we just had a presidential election, yeah. and I was standing there in line, and there was a line that was probably 200 people long down the hallway, and I looked, and every person was looking at their phone. That's every incredible. person, every person. And I just started laughing and I said, people, why are we all looking at our phones? Let's yeah. talk. Let's have a party. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody just laughed and we just started talking. Hey, who are you? Who are you from? And, all, and, and it just opened up a whole new world. Yeah. But just getting to know some people. Yeah, so. exactly. Even my, my wife and I, we go on dates every week, uh, every Friday night. That's our date night. 
And we have a rule that when we leave the house and we go to the restaurant, we leave our phones in the car because the temptation is too great to just sit there and be looking at our phones, and instead we get to have some pretty amazing conversations. So what a great tip! That's, yeah. that's great advice. Be unplugged. Just give of yourself for some time. Well, I, I sit here looking at you. And I don't want to embarrass you, but. I mean, you're a handsome guy. You, you look like Ricky Ricardo from the Lucy <laughs> Show. I can't believe you just said that. You do. And okay. how many people have told you that? Uh, too many. Okay. <laughs> too many. So when I first got married, my, the running joke at our house was that I would come home from work and wife would get home from work before me. And I would yell, Selena, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, well. well, we are approaching our 22 minutes. It goes by way too fast. Yeah, that did go by fast. We really appreciate you being on our show. Well, and thank you. It's been my pleasure. I just want to challenge whoever out there is listening to us right now to, to go out and conquer your fears. Find out for yourselves what it takes to, to overcome any obstacles that are out there for you. And my challenge for them is really simple. Dream more. I want you to actually visualize what you're going to conquer. I want you to go out and learn more, do more, and become more. So it's really four simple steps. And if you do those every single day, wow, the results are unbelievable. I mean, look where I'm at. So that's going to say you're living proof of yeah, those principles. Exactly. Thank you, Eric. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. All right. He's going to make me stretch. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.